In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. The Lord was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Many of Jesus' parables are difficult to understand and require time to mull over to get at their meeting. Our parable this morning is not one of them. The parable of the unforgiving servant is straightforward and is followed with a concise summary of its meaning. We cannot receive the fullness of God's forgiveness unless we forgive others. Forgiveness is at the center of the Christian faith. We cannot be faithful Christians if we do not forgive. And we are called to forgive with our hearts, and not only with our words. This is a tall order. True forgiveness is not easy especially when the wound is deep. Forgiveness that comes from the heart can only occur when we come to see ourselves accurately, when we see that we ourselves are totally dependent on God's mercy. Our ability to forgive others finds its source in the unfathomable mercy that God has shown to each one of us. Jesus illustrates God's abundant mercy in the Lord's response to his pleading servant. The servant comes to his Lord in debt, and not just any debt. The servant owes 10,000 talents. This was more money than many of the kingdoms in Jesus' day had in circulation. For the ordinary worker, 10,000 talents was the equivalent of 2,739 years of work. This is a debt that could not be paid off in many lifetimes. The servant rightfully falls before his Lord and begs for mercy. He doesn't ask his Lord for the remission of his great debt, but for time. He asks the Lord for patience. But the Lord looks on his servant with compassion and cancels his debt. The Lord doesn't renegotiate the terms of repayment or reduce the debt. He eliminates it. The Lord doesn't make his servant squirm in anguish or wallow at his feet. He simply cancels his debt. What the Lord did for his servant, God is doing for each of us. There is no sin that we have brought before God, no matter how heinous, that he hasn't forgiven us. God does not put us on a repayment plan or let us agonize over whether pardon is possible. He simply cancels our debt. It is in the Lord's nature to forgive. It is God's property always to have mercy. 
but we have a responsibility too. We have been called to extend the gift of forgiveness. We must not stifle the mercy that has flowed so generously from God to us. It must continue to flow from us to those who sin against us. We must not be stingy with the mercy that God has bestowed on us. Indeed, the gift of God's forgiveness cannot be fully realized in us until we forgive others. Let's look at the gospel again. Immediately after the freed servant leaves his Lord's chambers, he is given an opportunity to extend the Lord's bountiful mercy onto his fellow servant. With the Lord's voice still ringing in his ears, he finds a servant who owes him a hundred denarii, which works out to be about three months' pay, a negligible amount in comparison with what he was just forgiven. He grabs his fellow servant by the throat and demands immediate repayment. The indebted servant falls at his feet and begs him with the exact words he had just moments ago spoken to the Lord. Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. These words should have triggered a realization in the unforgiving servant, but they didn't. And why not? Why didn't they? because he hadn't really received the full gift his Lord had given him. He was thinking only about the money, but the Lord had given him an opportunity to live a new life in gratitude and without fear. The wicked servant rejected those gifts. It should have been a joyous occasion as they both celebrated their new freedom. Instead of joy, there was anger and ingratitude. He sends his fellow servant to prison until payment can be made. A monk once reflected on this passage, what could be uglier on earth than the refusal to give another what one has just freely received? It is certainly ugly, and we do it all the time. We are stingy with God's mercy. God has given us everything, and we are miserly with his goodness. We fail to extend the forgiveness we have received. In one of Fyodor Dostoevsky's novels, there is a character titled or called The Underground Man. He's a deeply troubled man, but on one occasion he offers great insight into the human condition. He says, I believe the best definition of man is the ungrateful biped. His assessment of human nature is bleak, but true. We are chronically ungrateful. We have been given everything in including God's forgiveness, we act like we've received nothing. Forgiveness and mercy 
run counter to our fallen nature. St. Paul has to repeatedly remind the early church to forgive one another. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive, he tells the Colossians. Forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you, he tells the Ephesians. St. Chrysostom advises us to begin the process of forgiveness by setting forth the good deeds of God. And what are those good deeds, he asks? God created us for nothing. He made the whole visible world for us, the heaven, the sea, the earth, animals, plants, and seeds. I must be brief, he says, because of the infinite number of his works. Into us alone, of all that are on the earth, he breathed a living soul. He planted a garden for us. He gave us a helpmate and crowned us with glory and honor. And yet, after all this, when humanity had turned out ungrateful towards his benefactor, he thought us worthy of an even greater gift, forgiveness. We begin the process of forgiveness with the good deeds of God. It's also important to know that we will continually struggle to forgive others until we confront our own sins. We need to know what our sins are. We must have a good sense of the debt that God has forgiven us. Part of the reason for this is that forgiveness of the heart requires us to see our debtor as no different from ourselves. In fact, contrary to common experience, we are not in a position of superiority when we forgive. As with the unforgiving servant, we are profoundly weak. We have been forgiven much and are not high and mighty when we forgive another. Finally, we pray. We pray for those who have sinned against us. We pray for them regardless of whether they are penitent or whether we deem them worthy of forgiveness. Pray for their flourishing and that God will bless them. Jesus is clear on this. Bless them that curse you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. God finds us worthy of the greatest gift, his forgiveness, and our neighbor is worthy of ours. An Eastern saint says, Love all your fellow men, even your enemies. This is the most basic thing. Always love not only those who love us, but also those who hate us. Let us forgive them and love them all, even if they have done us the greatest evil. Then we are truly children of God.
then are our own sins also forgiven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.